Alrighty, welcome back to Tversky Tuesdays. I'm your host, Hanani Abraham. Thank you for joining another podcast edition of Rabbi Tversky's Readings. We are in the middle of happiness and the human spirit, the spirituality of becoming the best you can be. And in today's episode, we will continue and talk about the real you. But just to go over one small thing from last session that we met We ended the last podcast talking about self-esteem is something that we seem to always be redefining. And I really think it's a good point, something for us to talk about for a minute here, is because self-esteem is constantly changing. What I might be today as an adult, as a father, as a husband, is very different than my self-esteem that I had when I was in college or when I was in high school. And it's very different than you might have without being in different stages of your life. I think that's very important to make sure that we're always reassessing what our self-esteem is for ourselves. But the other thing that we ended off with, which was very, very important, is Dr. Torsky talking about we can't have self-esteem until we can be aware of our own potential. And what we said last time, and I just wanted to reiterate this point, it's not even knowing what our potential is, but that what the concept of potential is, is that we can be greater than what we are right now. We can be more, excuse me, than what we are right now. Because that's really a lot of who we are in life, is advancing and moving forward. No matter what situation or how bad things might be right now, knowing that there's more out there for us, for ourselves, for striving higher and becoming more and better, that's important. And I don't think a person is able to have self-esteem and the proper healthy self-esteem if they don't realize that there's more to them themselves than what they see right in front of them. So, continuing over here, the real you. Says Dr. Torsky. Self-awareness may not be easy to come by. It requires reflection, which many people may be reluctant to do. I discovered this the hard way, says Dr. Torsky. I had spent three years of grueling work as director of a 300-bed psychiatric hospital. Not only were my days hectic, with constant demands by patients, doctors, nurses, families, social workers, lawyers, probation officers... But my nights were even worse. Our hospital was the receiving center and the only emergency service for a population of 4 million. On a good night, I would be awoken 6 times. On a bad night, it could be 15 times. Not surprisingly, I decided to use my two-week vacation for absolute rest. I had no desire to do any sightseeing, boating, hiking, or anything else. I only wish to be left alone, to recline in an easy chair, to do nothing more than breathe. I needed two weeks of total inactivity. All the possible vacation spots my friend suggested seemed far too active for me. I finally settled on Hot Springs, Arkansas, a rather small town whose economy of horse racing does not begin until mid-February. In December... There is nothing to do other than drink the naturally heated spring water and soak in a tub of mineral water. 
The latter was particularly inviting because I hoped that the healing waters would relieve my chronic low back pain. I was led into a teeny cubicle, and by the way, Dr. Torsi does talk about his back pain and the pain that he's had and how that's um, got him to be involved in the population of the, the addictions world as much as he has been. Maybe we'll get to that in a different book. I was led into a teeny cubicle, to continue Dr. Torsky, where there was a whirlpool bath. I immersed in the soothing warm water, and I felt I was in paradise. I was beyond the reach of patients, nurses, and all the others who encroached my time and energies. This surely must be what Nirvana was like. After about six minutes, I... After about six minutes... I alighted from the tube, from the tub. The attendant asked me, "Where are you going, sir?" To whatever's next, I, next I said. The attendant replied, "You cannot go on with the treatment until you've been in the whirlpool bath for twenty-five minutes." I returned to the tub, but after five more minutes, I said to the attendant, "I have to get out of here." It was only because I hoped the treatment would relieve my backache that I stayed in the tub for another fifteen minutes which seemed like eternity. Later that day, I reflected on what was a very rude awakening. I had tolerated the stress, frenzy, and hectic pace at work for three years, but could I not tolerate paradise for more than six minutes? What was wrong? I think this is something that, even though this book was written over ten years ago, and this story is taking place close to over, probably around 50 years ago now, knowing a little bit about Dr. Torsky's life and where he was holding and when he was a, you know, a new resident in the, psychi- in, in the psychiatry world. I believe this story is taking place about 40 to 50 years ago. So to hear that someone back then was not able to sit for more than a few minutes. I think that shows a lot about where we are today, where people, kids can't sit for long periods of time and they can't just be in their own thoughts. And to help with the babysitting, parents would give the kids a tablet, let them watch something. Ever go to, you ever go to a flight? I know no one's going on flights recently, but just look around as people are getting on the airplane where those first three minutes from when before the plane doors actually open. What happens? Everyone's looking down at their phones. Everyone can't sit for a minute. When there's a delay, everyone goes crazy. They can't just sit and be within themselves. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about here. This is what he's saying. And I think using the word specifically is, is also key here. What was wrong? He's looking at it at a, from a point of view that there's something wrong with him. Let's see what he's talking about to see how this can apply to us. If you ask people how they relax, one person might say, I like to read a book. Another might say, I play golf. Yet another does needlework, listens to music, watches television. These are all pleasant activities, but in each case, the person is doing something in order to relax. Their attention is focused on something, whether it's the book, the golf ball, or the, or the needlework. These are diversions rather than true relaxation. 
Truly, relaxation is the absence of doing anything. I sort of picture in my head um, some sort of picture or a comic strip of a uh, comic strip of a boy with a piece of hay in his mouth, no shoes on, feet in the water, on a summer day by some river somewhere in um, rural America, with not a worry to him, fishing rod in the water, not even holding on to the fishing rod, his hat covering his eyes, and just being there in that moment and like dozing off, so to speak. To me, the concept of just sitting and doing nothing sounds like it could give, well, I know I've had this experience of creating a headache or you hear this ringing noise because of the silence. And in order to get to a comfort place, you need to be doing something. You need to be having something. You need to be stimulated in some way. Continues Dr. Torsky. In my little cubicle, I had been deprived of anything to which I could direct my attention. There was no one to talk to, nothing to read, nothing to listen to, and nothing to look at. Without anything to divert my attention, I was left only to myself. And the hard truth was that I was in a, I was in a small space with someone I did not like very much. No wonder I wanted to get away. I would add the words over here and distract myself. This led me to investigate what there was about me that I so despised that I could not tolerate my own presence and I embarked on a self-awareness program. I found out that the self-image I had carried for 38 years was erroneous. When I have eventually discovered the real me, I liked myself much more. The proof? I have been back to Hot Springs several times, and each time I've thoroughly enjoyed a full 25 minutes in the world pro bath. Well, let's just take a second over here to talk about what happened. Here is a man who's at the height of his career regarding being able to run an, run an entire hospital, going through med school. And you would think this person would be very happy and content. But here he was as a young man, and not only not happy, but just couldn't even live with himself, was unhappy with just being him. But through self-discovery and realizing who we are as individuals, that's how we can come to be content with where we are. And then we don't get fidgety and we don't get upset about what that situation actually is. Continues Dr. Torsky. Low self-esteem is very common and may occur without a discernible cause. We can't understand why a child who has been subject to neglect and abuse might develop feelings of inferiority. Mind you, this book, again, we mentioned, was written over a decade ago. And this feeling that children and young adults have is ever more prevalent considering the, the way the world has gone. I'm sure through the pandemic itself, it's also not been easy. Maybe that's something that we can talk about and, 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 and in, in a longer form to sort of see what we can do to make sure that we're able to be more happy and content with ourselves. Continues um, Dr. Torsky. But in my case, I grew up in a wonderful home with loving, caring parents. 
In fact, I was my father's favorite. Yet, not only had I developed feelings for inferiority, but I was unaware that I felt this way about myself. Subsequently, in my psychiatric practice, I have found that many people harbor a hidden, erroneous, negative self-image. I think this is a good place to stop and talk about over here, but I think what he's talking about a little bit is person not being self-aware. They have, because of that, and they haven't been able to see things properly, therefore they have a negative self-image. Sort of like opening up the uh, dryer vent for the first time, or say would uh, a person would, would clean out something, um, let's say a, a part in their car, or they take off the cover to the laptop to discover the fan full of dust. If we don't check on things often, it's going to give us a yucky, yucky feeling of, ew, I have to clean this. But if there's no constant awareness that a person is working on for themselves, that can make it very difficult for a person to have a proper self-image. Thank you again for listening to my podcast. Again, I welcome all comments, questions, and thoughts. You can email me at koshercounseling at gmail.com.